Give them another round of applause, the Amani Choir. You guys are brilliant. 
Isn't it like drinking a double shot? Like, who would need coffee when you get to watch these guys perform? <laughs> Wonderful. Well, it's great to see you all this morning. My name is Bethany, and we're glad to have you here this morning. I would like to introduce our speaker, Pastor James, from the Amani Children's Choir to come up and speak. Please give him a warm welcome. Good morning. It's a blessing to be here this morning. As you may be aware or have heard, I'm called James, and I pastor a church called Kampala Community Church in Uganda, where Amani Children's Choir comes from. It's a blessing to be, and I want to thank the leadership of this church for hosting us. We thank you for loving us, providing food, accommodation, all the families that are taking care of us. We, are, we don't take you for granted. May God bless you and watch over your lives and supply all your needs. Today I'm talking about the Unstoppable Church. Let us pray as we turn to the Word of God. Father God, as we study your Word, may you speak to us, encourage everyone here, and bless every person in this place, that their lives will not remain the same after today. When they live here, this church, they will go and move in your power and bring you glory and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'm talking about the Unstoppable Church. Uh, Throughout history, the Church of Jesus Christ has always operated in the most hostile environments from the time of her birth until now. I don't think this is going to change until we are in heaven. And so if you're a follower of Christ, it's a fact. From day one, there has been resistance to the church and the spirit of Antichrist, no one wants to talk about, they try to stop everyone from talking about Jesus Christ. And that has continued. Persecution, resistance is not new to the followers of Jesus Christ. You read Acts 4, 5, 6, 7. You see that continuing throughout the the book of Acts. And even when you go to church history, it's not different from what the book of Acts highlights. But the church is still here and growing stronger each day. Why is this so? Yeah? Despite all the resistance, the obstacles, don't talk about Jesus, don't mention the name Jesus, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that, the church is still here. Why? There is something important that we all need to know. And that's what we, I want to talk about today. Um, when you read the Bible, it is impossible to stop the work to stop those who know they are God. It's impossible to stop those who know they are God. If you read the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 17 to 19, Daniel eleven thirty-two, and many other scriptures in the Bible, you find that. I'll come back to a few of those verses later. But Jesus himself says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you'll face, or you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And that's John 16, 33. Jesus made it plainly clear to the church, to his followers, that in this world we are going to face trouble. And problems will keep coming. 
But the, the most consoling thing he gives us, he says, hey, cheer up, smile, because I've overcome what? The world. What was he meaning by that? Nothing is going to stop us because he is God, he has all the power, and he controls the universe, controls everything that happens on earth. He has all the authority. And Paul writes in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 8, verse 31 to 39, but I'm just picking out a few verses here. He says in 31, What then shall we say in response to these things? What shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So which things are we talking about response? And which things are we, is he talking about uh, being more than, more than conquerors? If you read the Bible nicely in the above verses, the verses before 31, uh, there are things from verse 17, the same chapter of Romans to 30. He talks about uh, the suffering of believers. But as he's talking about the suffering of believers, he highlights something important. This suffering is not taking us to destruction. It's taking us to glory. We suffer as followers of Christ. We don't suffer to destruction. We suffer to glory. And as you read those verses, you realize there is a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of challenging things, but the believer gets stronger. In other words, our suffering gives us promotion to greater heights. You don't move backward. And no one, no matter what they throw at you as a child of God, will be able to stop you. No matter who they are. The church, if it was, the church was going to be destroyed, it would have collapsed under the Roman Empire. But we are still here. In Uganda, we had Idi Amin. He did whatever he could to stop the church. But still the church is there and Idi Amin is what? Gone. So no one can stop the church, no matter what they would do. And I always laugh when people say, you can't talk about Jesus Christ here. You cannot talk about God here. I look at them and laugh. You watch. <laughs> History will what? Will tell. You'll be surprised when you go back in schools and they are talking about God again. Because they realize later their system does not work. Only the system of God works. And that gives us the joy to smile as children of God. God is with us and things will work out no matter what we are facing. Jesus came to all of us to tell us something. And I want to tell you, when we talk about church, by the way, it's not a building. It's not this building. Are we together? Yeah? Who is church? Or what is the church? We. You are the church. So tell your neighbor, you are the church. Yeah, don't fear your neighbor. Just stand them and tell them, you are the church. Hallelujah. It's not a building. We are the church. And we are the people Christ came for. And he died for us, paid a price that we could never pay, recruited us into the family of God. Oh, we were adopted into the family of God as God's children. And that gives us an edge over anything else on the planet Earth. 
We are special, unique, very peculiar, to the point that God could not withhold his own son for you. He came and died for you. And so the church of Jesus Christ is made up of people that are unstoppable because our God cannot be stopped. There is nothing that can stop us too. The unstoppable people are a people of prayer. The church has power in prayer. The unstoppable people are a people of faith. They have faith that things will work out no matter what is happening. A people with a call, they know what they are living for. You're not, you can't just live around the world aimlessly. You know where you are and you know where you're going. You have a vision and purpose of what you are, why you're here. A people who know and hold on to God's word and promises. And that's the church. That gives us uniqueness and edge over a lot of other religions, over a lot of other things that people bring along the way because Christ is the one leading us to a place, to somewhere unique. Hallelujah. When you look at the book of Matthew chapter 16, and we'll spend some time here, Matthew 16 from verse 13 to 20, um, Jesus, I mean, uh, Jesus speaks to, to the church, to, uh, to the apostles, and mentions certain things here which are very important. And we are going to turn to our Bibles and read this together. Matthew 16, verse 13 to 20. Are you there? Amen. So we read from verse 13. It says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Verse 15. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. On this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I'll stop on that verse. Now, when you read these verses, something unique rings out. You know, these apostles, and they, they have been following Christ over for many years, for a number of years, are we together? About maybe a year and a half or whatever, they were going around, hanging around him, and he was the man like politicians. Yeah? They were just going around and saying, Oh man, oh man. Yeah, when they wanted food, the food was there. When they wanted whatever they wanted, he was giving them. They even left their homes and they were just following him. But there was a reason why Jesus Christ was letting them follow him. It wasn't just hanging around him or just... You know, moving around, and you just say, hey, we are here, we are here. But there was something unique why Jesus was doing that with them. 
He wanted them to know him. And that was very important, knowing him, Jesus Christ. So, the one number thing, the number of reasons, but I'm going to talk about three major things. One, who is Jesus to you? Ask your neighbor, who is Jesus to you? Don't fear them. Yeah, I do this home, so we are going to do this together. We are going to share this together. Who is Jesus to you? Let me tell you. For me, I grew up in a particular kind of denomination, and they were going to church Christmas and what? Easter. But we didn't own a Bible in the whole house, and I didn't know who Jesus was. But do you know what I was called? Christian. But did I, was I a Christian? I don't know. You will answer yourself. So I was just hanging around, following a crowd. Yeah, I go to church, like uh, they were following Jesus. People were coming in large numbers, hanging around him. They on Sunday, go to church. Hear this? Go to church. Huh? You can hang around Christ. Yeah? And you can hang around believers, but when you don't actually know Jesus Christ. And when you don't know him, you won't get who he is and you won't experience his power. And that's what I'm talking about here today. Who is Jesus to you? When you read those verses, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he asked them that question with intention. He was really very clear. He first asked, who do people say I am? Let me tell you. You will hear a lot of weird things about Jesus. When you hang around people, you come in the church circle, you hear something different. And you, you hang around non-believers, they speak something different. And Jesus was asking, so tell me, what do people say I am? Yes, and they mentioned whatever people said. Then he turned to them, what about you? Who do you say I am? And that was the whole point. Jesus was not really concerned about what others say about him. He was concerned about what they say about him. Jesus is not concerned about what you hear other people say about him. What is he concerned about? What you say he is to you. Yeah? Who is he to you? Honestly. And that's where the most important thing is. Because that's where great things begin. So they answered this and that, and then he says, what about you? Who am I to you? Jesus asked them. They all went silent. Until Peter makes a statement that is very, very powerful. Simon Peter answered, verse 16, Matthew 16, 16. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. You are the Messiah, son of the living God. What was he meaning? You know, Jesus, you are God. And you are the savior of the world. 
And you are my Lord and Savior. And that is the key statement that all of us, as followers of Jesus Christ, must be able to make plainly and boldly, no matter where you are, whether you are at home, your place of work, with friends, with different people, you must be able to make such a statement and say, hey, you know, I know Jesus Christ. He is my Lord, he is my Savior, and I love him. And once you make that statement, you are the person Jesus Christ is talking about. You are the unique person, he says, Jesus says, you know, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Let me tell you, on that confession that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior, that's where Christ builds his church. It's not the name Peter, like some people say, but it's the confession. And that confession is powerful. It changes things. One, you know, in the 70s, in Uganda, we had Idi Amin. And uh, in the church where I was attending, one day in the, seven, I think it was 1978, 77 somewhere, Idi Amin sent soldiers and they rounded up this church and they were there surrounding everyone and they arrested people one at a time. And they would, you know, what is interesting? They would come and ask, why are you here? Others would say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. They will bundle you up, throw you on the truck. And then one man, who everybody knew as a follower of Christ, said, you know, I'm just a guest here. I just came to see. And they told him, okay, go. And to be honest, that man up to now, he left the church. But those who are, are arrested, taken to prison, and the vice president of Uganda then went to somewhere to bring certain sacks and put them in those sacks and kill them or whatever. The guy got an accident and those people came out of prison the following day, healthy. And they have, up to now, many of them are still serving God, though many have gone to be with the Lord. So let me tell you, Idi Amin left the church, he's still there. And those believers are still there serving God. So... What does that mean? On that confession that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior, that's where the power lies for a believer. You allow God to be your Lord. You allow Jesus Christ to come inside you. He takes a stand inside you. And you become a new person, a new creation in Christ Jesus Christ. And great things happen. And that's where the power lies. I can tell you, I came to Christ from nowhere, just a little boy. And uh, I remember I, I was lost, confused. And then something happened. I was staying with a stepsister. And she all of a sudden went wild, got all my little things. I didn't have much, threw them out of the house. We were in the city of Kampala, staying in Islam. And told me, I don't want you here. When she chased me, 
something happened. I ended up with my brother. And my brother had given his life to Christ. And I picked his Bible. It was on a, a table. I started reading. And when I read the book of John, I don't know how I read the book of John. I understood everything. By the time I finished chapter 3, that night I prayed to give my life to Jesus Christ. And God did not disappoint me. My life has been changed ever since. I'm not the same person I used to be. And God has done great things in my life, in my family and many other people's lives. I wouldn't do what I'm doing with these people if it wasn't that. And that's what I'm talking about. Let Jesus Christ be your Lord and what? Savior. It's going to change your life. You will never remain the same person. You will transform, he transforms you. He transforms your family. Paul told the, uh, 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 a centurion, whoever was guarding them, he said, you know, you give your life to Christ. You and your family will be what? Saved. You know, the light shines out of you, impacts your family, and impacts other people around you. And that's what Jesus Christ. Give your life to Jesus Christ, and your life will never remain the same. Hallelujah. Don't follow him because your parents were Christians. Don't follow him because all your friends are coming to church. Are we together? Don't follow him because you are fearing some people around you. No. Follow him because you know him as your Lord and Savior. And that's what Christ wants from you today. Hallelujah. Two, you are blessed, unstoppable, unshockable as a follower of Jesus Christ. And when you read that book of uh, Matthew 16, and in your time, I would say read Romans 8, 31, 39. Also Revelation 3 uh, and verse 3 to 10. In Revelation, they talk about a church that looked weak the church in Philadelphia. But that church, no one could stop that church. But when you read here in Matthew, Jesus said, and I tell you that you are Peter, on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Matthew 16, 18. You know, once you are rooted on Christ, it doesn't matter what the devil throws at you, or what people will throw at you. You will go through it, and you will survive. You will stand. You will overcome. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Nothing can stop a follower of Christ. When we went to the community where we are now, we were resisted by, the, by witch doctors, and some other people tried to use the government to stop us. Others have tried many different things to stop us. But you know, one time... This is the truth. They, we, were, we had built a school and we are running this school and you, are, you don't have the excitement. Great things happen. And I remember coming from the US, I found a court summon. So, and they kept dragging around, taking me through circles. And But you know the circles helped me? In the end, the judge who was there was transferred. And guess what happened? They got my friend and made him the judge. So I go to court, and I reach there, and my friend says, what are you doing here? I said, you know, I have caught summons from the city. He said, what? They want to rip you off. And guess, 
I was there just for maybe three hours and I got, walked out. You see what God does? Nothing can stop you. They can throw things at you from one end to another. They can try to take you in a circle. They can try this thing. But God knows how to protect his own. And he knows how to redeem them from any form of calamity and danger. And this is what was happening in the book of Acts. When you read Acts 5, uh, verse 35, and you go all the way to 39, I'm going to just say, quote a few verses there. They had arrested the, the, the apostles, put them in jail, and they were trying them, stop talking about Jesus. And as they were trying, the apostles said, hmm, wait a minute, if we don't talk about Jesus, who are we going to talk about? We cannot stop. And they said, let us kill them. And one of them said, hey, wait a minute, take those men out. And let me tell you something. And he says, verse 35, Then he addressed the Sanhedrin. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. That's verse 38. Let them go. For if their purpose or activities of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God you will not be able to stop these men. You will, find only, you, will, you will only find yourselves fighting against God. And that was the truth. They tried to fight them. They did whatever. They will put them in prison. The angels come and get them out of prison. They will put them here and they will come out. They tried to kill. The numbers multiplied. Nothing can stop you as a child of God and God will take you through whatever circumstance you're facing, whatever mountain, whatever problem you're facing. God knows how to redeem his own. He knows how to fight for his children. And my encouragement to all of us, let us not be overwhelmed by what is going on around you or around our lives. God is able to save us. And he's able to help us. He can do things in our lives. He can perform miracles. He can transform society. He can change whatever is around us. And the third thing, you have authority and power in Jesus Christ. You have authority and power in Jesus Christ as a follower of Christ. And this is where the church today needs to be awakened. Especially the church in America. We think God does not do miracles. We think our God is weak. But our God is powerful. And the follower of Christ has that power and authority in Jesus Christ. And through prayer, we can move mountains. We can shake up things. We can cause things to happen. You don't need a gun. What you need is a mouth that can speak out what God wants to happen. Yeah? The word to pray, the word of God, it brings power and healing to lives. And now when we talk about this, knowing and following Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior gives you authority and power. Jesus says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Verse 19 in Matthew. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Yeah? 
So what does that mean? He's telling Peter, hey, on that confession you have made of knowing me, because of that I'm giving you the keys. And whatever you want to make happen on earth, it will happen. If you want it to stop, it will stop. If you want it to continue, it will continue. If you want it to happen, it will happen. And he says, whatever you bind on earth, it can be, it will be bound in heaven. So sometimes our inactivity limits what God can do. Yeah? I remember when we went to this community where we are, there were no jobs, there was hopelessness, there was no, you looked at people, there was no future for anyone. When I see these children traveling the world, I remember where we came from. We were very poor. We had nothing. The only thing we had was the word of God. God said, go in this community, I'm going to do this and this in this community. And we followed the word of God. And we started praying, Lord, give us land where to build the church. And God provided the land. We say, God, we need people to serve in the church. God kept providing people. We said, God, we need the, the children are not going to school. And we prayed, God, provide resources to build the schools. Our schools have over a thousand people, our children. Am I talking to someone here? Yeah? And I can give you a list of endless things that God has made happen because we prayed. And let me tell you, when you pray, whether you are one or two or three, God will do great things. And we can change Auckland if we pray. The homelessness of people can end when we pray as a church. Because it says, when you pray, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you release on earth shall be released in what? In heaven. The drugs can end when we pray. Things can change in this society when we pray as a church. And that is where I want to encourage all of us. Don't give up. Let us all pray. Let us all be witnesses of Christ. Wherever we go, let us speak the word of God. God is going to do great things. And let me tell you, this church will bring impact not just to Auckland, but the whole Bay Area. Because the believers know their God and they know what they are doing. I want to finish with a scripture. Daniel 11, verse 32, part B. And I'm quoting from King James, New King James. He says this. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Huh? Do you understand that? Is it making sense? The people who do what? Who know their God? They shall be what? Strong and carry out great exploits. And let me tell you, when they say great exploits, there is no limit to what you can do. Jesus says, those who believe in me will do greater things than I've ever, I have done. We can do greater things for the kingdom of God. We can impact society. 
We can transform families. We can transform our nations. We can bring hope to the hopeless, encourage the discouraged, give direction to society, even to government. The governments are confused. They don't know what to do. Let me tell you, do you think the government knows what to do about homelessness in your city? They don't know. They don't even have a clue. They've tried all the means. It's not working. Do you think the governments know what to do about drugs? They don't know. But you have the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. And with Jesus Christ, nothing is impossible. We can bring hope to a hopeless society. Let me ask you, just stand up on your feet. I don't know what's happening in your life today, and I don't even know why you're here. Maybe you're here, you don't know Jesus Christ. As, as the choir comes, let them come. I don't know. But my prayer is that Jesus Christ will be your Lord and Savior today. And once you know him, go out and shine the light. So I want to give you a moment just to talk to God. And God is listening. Talk to God about your life. And talk to God about your own family, your community, your place of work. Just tell him what you want to see him do. And God who is faithful can make a difference. Just close your eyes and have a moment with God. Yes, Lord. Just talk to him. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Although your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Although your sins are like as red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Oh, the blood of Jesus.
his stripes we are healed and as far as the east is from the west so you are sickening all our sins oh the blood of jesus oh the blood of jesus it washes as white as snow thanking you for your blood jesus your blood that has healed us your blood that has washed away our sins your blood that has restored us back to your throne king of glory your blood that has sanctified us oh god your blood that has taken away our guilt king of glory for oh, jesus thank you for your love that you showed us when you shed your blood on our cross Son Jesus Christ. We thank you for the blood that is shed at Calvary. It's that blood that takes away our sin, that blood that gives us hope. And thank you, Lord. And we are here to remember that you died for us and you gave us hope. You gave us life. And Lord, to you, I surrender every person here. Those who don't know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray for their salvation. And those who know you, that they will be strengthened to run the race, live for you, and bring glory to your name. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, go with your people. As they go out there in the dark world, help them to be the salt and light. Be a blessing to someone, be an encouraging man to someone. May you give them the, that anointing to flow within your spirit of being unstoppable, that they'll be able to accomplish the purpose for which you have called them and redeemed them. May your spirit rest upon them, your face shine on them, let them see your goodness, your favor all the days of their lives. Bless their place, them at work, bless them in their homes, bless them in the community. Let them be stronger and stronger and do great exploits for the glory of your wonderful name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And may God be with you and watch over you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hello everyone. My name is Joel. We are going to sing a song which says Nantamba, meaning come and see how Jesus saves. Abagusi, nemi yeto, mwena mwishe, tumuziri, tutagure, 
Jesus, as we have gathered in this place, King of Glory, we have so many questions within us, O oh God, but we know that you have all, all the answers to our questions, King of Glory. As we call unto your name, O oh God, may you hear our voices, O oh God. May you answer our prayers, O oh God. Amongst us, we have those who are brokenhearted, O oh God. May you mend them, O oh God. Those who are finding problems in their families, O oh King of Glory, may you fix their problems, O oh King of Glory. Those who are having hardships in their places of work, O oh God, may you fix their problems. 
problems as well, O King of Glory. Those who are having sicknesses, O God, those who have received bad reports from the doctors, O God, we know that you are the healer of all diseases, O King of Glory. We call unto your name, O God, because we know that you are our Savior, God. You are our Redeemer, King of Glory, and we know that you have answers to all our questions, O oh God. You are the solution to all our challenges, O oh King of glory. That's why we call upon your name, O oh God, as this, this song has said, come by, King of glory. We, we need you in each and everything that we do, King of glory. We love you, we glorify your name, and we have faith in you that you have answered all our requests, King of glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, King of glory. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Uganda is a small country found in East Africa. As a country, we've had a troublesome history. We had Idi Amin, had Kony, and all this has created a, a parentless generation of people that struggle with different things. And it has a population of about uh, 40 million people. And most of these people are children. 55% of our population is 15 years and below. And you find children everywhere on the street, in every corner. And the sad part of it, most of these children are not going to school. And this bothers me a lot. When I see a young child with potential who has no hope of achieving their dream to become someone, and it pushes me every day to do something. God called us in this community called Masanaf. And as you move around the community, you see need in every corner. And this is not just true about Masanaf only, but you'll see it all over the country of Uganda. And so we've taken steps. We started with the church, but as we worked with the church, we would see children coming to church, but they're not going to school. Children who didn't have parenting at all, children that needed love and care. So as a church, we started a ministry called Light Africa Ministries. And Light Africa, our focus is to raise godly servant leaders. Uh, but to do this, we have to develop the child in all the aspects of child development. And one of the key aspects of our focus is education. To take you a little back, um, in my childhood, I was struggling with school throughout my primary school. Um, I did not have any hope. Actually, my mother thought that I would just stop is in senior four. But then God had a better plan for me. As um, a person, I, I had a talent of singing. So I tried to look here and there where I can fit my talent, but then I did not get any opportunity. But thank God when I, I went to Masana for Kampala Community Church, I was engaged within the children's choir. So when I went into high school, that's when they got me a sponsor when the opportunity came. So there are uh, out senior to up to uh, finishing high school that was being sponsored. I got an opportunity and I went abroad to America 
Yes, I liked California, I liked eating ice cream, going to the beach, all that life. It was really enjoyable. So when I came back, I joined college. I took up um, a Bachelor of Arts with Education. Then I, I was there for three years. So this very year, 2019, on 15th January, I graduated from the university. And I'm the first one in my, my family to graduate from college. After graduating, I thank God that I immediately got a job. I've never sat down at home doing nothing. Still, I'm teaching at Light Africa. They educated me and they're done. They are still the same people who have given me a job and they are paying me very well. I'm, having, I'm living a happy life and I have a hope I see my future being clear. If you want to transform a child here in Africa, you need to give them education and practical education. Uh, this is how crowded our classrooms are and that's why we need more classrooms. How many are you? There are 98 in this classroom, and we have no space to decongest it. So we need to create more classrooms for our children. So our focus will be all the schools and get people to sponsor children, and we place these children in schools. And you see these children just after one year, how they blossom, and you see them developing dreams. I would like to be a leader. And pursuing these dreams. And over the years, you see them graduate from college and become someone. Uh, this makes us a happy people because you see the impact you're making in the lives of these young people. Thank you for watching this video. Uh, if God is leading you to support our ministry, you could sponsor a child. You could also sponsor a teacher or you could support any of our development projects for the school. Thank you very much.